How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Rolling Lines and Apples and Genos production. My name is Josh Hutchinson, and I'll be your host. We are live on YouTube and X, and we're going to be talking about moves for the rest of the week, power play changes around the league, zero G candidates, and we'll be taking mailbag questions. So without further ado, let's go. And I've got my boy Blake Creamer coming in the clutch with me here this fine afternoon. How you doing, Blake? Buddy, I'm always happy to be here with you. Um, I love rolling lines. I love the format. I love getting into it with you. So yeah, I'm stoked, man. And I, I did a podcast last night and it just got me thinking that this is the home stretch. You know what I mean? This is yeah. where like we need to dig in, right? We we got to give all the best content out to these people and, and try and get some chips here. So um, I just want some wins. I want some, some Discord member wins. I want wins from all our listeners. Let's get to biz. Come on. How you doing, Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I'm doing all right. I, I did just I mentioned to you off mic that I am I'm on absolutely zero sleep, uh, powering through on adrenaline and caffeine. So we'll see how this shit goes. You may see me go a little bit crazy to just try and like force the adrenaline to continue to to be pumping through my body. Or you may just see me completely fall asleep right on right on the air. We don't know. Uh, yeah. we're, we're going to find out though. And it's going to be real, real interesting. Uh, Frederick is in the chat. Biscuits, buns, bagels are in. I love it. Jackson as well. Ready to get to biz baby. Let's go. Hell yeah. Let's go Blake. Let's, All right. Should we go? Should we do it? All right, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. So, um, let's recap the last two weeks. So, so basically since the episode I did with Maddie K two weeks ago, um, there was about as many games played as, as there would be in a, in a typical week. Um, the Dallas stars were the only three and O team over the last two weeks, which is kind of interesting. Um, and there's been a lot more parody, uh, over the last little while. Vancouver and Tampa also were undefeated, but they were, they only played two games. So they were two and O, uh, Arizona, Washington, Minnesota, Chicago, and Winnipeg were all winless, all O and two. Um, and then in terms of, in terms of guys at the top of the scoring list, I mean, as expected, Connor McDavid, eight points in three games, Leon Dreisettle, seven points in three games. It feels like all is right with the world when you see that, uh, in, in a normal week, uh, Brock Besser, your boy, six points in two games. He just continues to roll, man. That guy is, is having a year. He's like it. Johnny on the spot. You know what I mean? It's it's bizarre. Yeah. Like you look at the metrics underneath with Brock Besser and yeah, nothing stands out, but he's just doing the thing, right? And he's he's just a big part of this PDO bender the Canucks are on. The Canucks are fun, man. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing them in the playoffs and just kind of riding the wave. Like they're they're a lot of fun. I I have no qualms with any player on that team. I'm typically kind of like angsty against like other Canadian teams just because mm -hmm. I'm a Leafs fan and I know that everyone hates the Leafs, especially uh, other Canadian markets. But I just like, you know, I Vancouver's fun, man. I, I like I, I wanna I wanna love them. And there's and all of the guys on that team, I just I, I 
They're just fun, fun guys to cheer for. Oh, wow. What a nice guy. Oh, my goodness. Hey, buddy, <laughs> you know what? Ever since we started doing fantasy, that's when I stopped hating teams. Like, yeah. Uh, because you get guys like like Austin Matthews. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Like, if not my favorite. This guy's a machine. Yeah. You know, but yeah, back in the day, like late 90s, early 2000s, I, I couldn't stand the Leafs. It wasn't even the Leafs. It was the fans, right? And I'm yeah. sure you had the same thing with like Vancouver fans. But yeah, that's the best thing about fantasy hockey. I can cheer for everybody now. Go sports. Right. Yeah, man. I, I'm a big, uh, yeah, I feel like in the regular season, I just love everybody. And then once the yeah. playoffs start, that's when I, that's when the hate starts bubbling. Yeah, over. exactly. exactly. Um, but it's cool. It's kind of nice to be able to filter it now. It's, it's very nice. Uh, and then speaking of that, David Pasternak, a guy that I used to hate and now I love because I roster him in, in, in fantasy hockey and he's awesome. Uh, he had six points in three games and then everyone's favorite, uh, and, and especially Nate's Nick Suzuki, six points in three games. Uh, just an underlying stats, darling. I loved, I loved uh, uh, bringing on the two halves fans last week and and just being like, "Hey, what do you think of Nick Suzuki?" And being like, "Well, by the way, underlying stats, not yeah. cool, man. He's about not to fall good. off a cliff uh, eventually, but uh, I don't know. He's gonna start. They're gonna start playing him thirty minutes a night. We got thirty minutes a night, Nick Suzuki. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Uh, in terms of the rest of the week, uh, from Thursday to Sunday, we have two teams that have three games and two off nights. They are the teams that had four games and three off nights uh, to start the week. That's Vancouver and Washington. Um, there, are, there are quite a few candidates from both of those teams that you could be picking up. Um, there are a ton of teams with just one game. Uh, San Jose has zero. So, I mean, if you have any Sharks on your roster, you should probably be dropping them. At this point, you probably I mean, you probably don't, um, but in terms of like a lot of the Vancouver and Washington players, I imagine are probably snapped up at this point. Um, if you're in a competitive league, uh, probably a lot of them were were grabbed at the start of the week. So it may be difficult to stream to finish at the week. So you may want to stream from a team that has uh, that you can where you can fit a player in for one to two games um, to finish out the week and a team that has a good schedule next week in order to save ads so next week we have one team with four games and four off nights which is by far the best schedule and that's the arizona coyotes um tons of great streamers from that team we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit um the la kings and new jersey devils both have four games as well but only one off night minnesota the rangers and the pittsburgh penguins all have three games with two off nights so that's that could be like fairly advantageous as well there's not a ton of teams playing on multiple off nights next week um and then columbus and washington uh both have two games with zero off nights so columbus just continues a brutal schedule after having essentially four games per week for a while yeah. at, at a certain point you're going to get weeks like this it just happens to be all at once so um yeah. Any, any comments about the schedule here? Yeah, no, I, it, it's, it's kind of a stinky part of the season for sure. This, obviously this two week matchup has been, it's been difficult, right? You can't really get a pulse on what to do. And you kind of just had to pick up these Washington and, and Vancouver guys. Right. And now those are the only two teams, like you said, that really have any games left. They could do stuff. Um, so yeah, I like the thought going into next week, but next week sucks too. And we're going to get into it in our waiver show, but like, yeah. you've got to get the off nights. You really have to, um, prioritize these off nights because the heavy nights are extremely heavy and the light nights have like two games on them. Right. So those yeah. off nights are going to be really key next week. So that, that makes perfect sense. If you, if you can't pick up a player for this week, that's going to help you look forward to next week. Absolutely. So 
Speaking of that shift change, this is our ad drop segment. Oh, what a segue, a, Josh. Oh I've got a couple. Of, well, I don't know about that. I've got a couple of ads. Speaking of off nights, there we go. There's your segue. Nice, uh, nice. <laughs> uh, so uh, the Arizona Coyotes, as I mentioned, had four off nights next week. Barrett Hayton is coming back from injury. He is 4% rostered right now in Yahoo Leagues. He should be back in the lineup on Saturday. Um, Arizona is one of those teams where their beat writers don't don't tweet out lines, so we have no idea what lines uh, they're they're Selfish. going with at practice right now. Um, so it, it, you're probably not going to know where he slots in until Saturday, but. I imagine he'll probably slot it on line one with Keller and Schmaltz. It's been a revol- revolving door of centers that haven't really worked um, since he's been out. And most recently it's been Jack McBain. And I don't think that they're going to be keeping him on, on the top line. Uh, I don't think he's that type of player. Love Jack McBain. Uh, he's a banger, but uh, yeah, not, not a top line center. That's for sure. Um, and then, uh, another option I wanted to throw out there is Dylan Genther. He's 2% rostered. Uh, he has been playing on power play one since he's been called up from Tucson uh, 11 games ago. Um, I imagine that hate with Hayton getting back in the lineup, he'll probably slot back onto power play one. Um, it's just a matter of who he replaces. Is it going to be Genther or is it going to be Alex Kerfoot? Uh, I would hope that it's Kerfoot, but you know, I mean, He's been he's been kind of locked into that spot for a couple months now. So so uh, they seem to they seem to like him there for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's a very very viable streamer on this team. He has seven points in eleven games this year. His ice time has kind of fluctuated, but he recently a few games ago had a game where he played over twenty minutes. So they must have some belief in this kid. Um, but yeah, I would be watching for line deployment in the game on Saturday and just see if he's still on power play one. And if he is, I would, that's a guy that I would be looking hard at as well. Uh, what do you think, Blake? Yeah, absolutely. I love these selections. Hayton's a guy I've been talking about. Yeah. For a couple of days here, th- this guy should a hundred percent be added no matter where he lines up because they got four games next week. You know, they've, He's had a big injury. They're going to have to ease him back in. Giggity. Oh, no. That's terrible. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think top line, top power play, yeah. I mean, I love Jack McBain, too, but what the hell are we doing here? No, that's a placeholder for Barrett Hayden. I mean, this is a guy that got 18 points in the last 20 games of last season, right? They were cooking. They they were playing loose, and he's got some history with that line. So I really like that ad. It's a no-risk ad, right? Hold him for the week. If he does nothing, you punt him into the sun. And then I like Genther, too. So that's uh, two under-the-radar ads, like 4% and 2%. Go out and get these guys ASAP. Absolutely. Uh, Eamon says, what what the fuck is up with NHL stats news? Amateur? I I don't know what he's talking about. Do you know what he's talking about, Blake? I think so. What I read is that the NHL did an audit on um, different arenas for their their hits, the way they're accumulating hits. So, you know, they've actually altered them. Right. So I don't know. I actually don't know how this is going to affect fantasy leagues. I don't know if they're putting those. Uh, changes in retroactively that would be really weird because you know if people in our discord are talking to like um you know we've all lost matchups this year or won matchups this year by like one hit or a couple hits right so what happens like I, I don't see how they could do that i think at least for fantasy it should be you know what they're doing moving forward but something yeah. we have to keep an eye on but I, yeah it's very very strange like they they got a they they did a full audit on this so so, something's gonna have to change just to make consistent what's going on in these different rinks 
Yeah, I mean, we've known that that's that's been happening for a long time. I know uh, specifically the New York Islanders that the, they've mm. uh, talked about how how at Nassau they're they're always like really heavy on the hit counter for yeah. the Cal Clutterbucks and Matt Martins of the world. But um, I, I I think that uh, I I think in Yahoo there is a time limit in terms of stat um, adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your matchup ends, uh, there's only a certain amount of time. Uh, that a stack can be changed uh, retroactively. So I think we should be okay. I don't think things are going to change, but yeah, that's, that's super interesting. Uh, I actually cool. didn't hear that that was happening. Um, Besser on the spot says Jackson. Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, Eamon also asked, will we see a Huberto bounce back with the big koozie energy? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do you think, buddy? Looked pretty good um, last night. Yeah, you know what? It's the the underlying stats are still stinky, but yeah, <laughs> you know we know we know that he's a type of player that has a high offensive ceiling, right? It's he's not really a metrics guy; he's more of just a creative, like Johnny on the spot kind of guy. But I like Kadri a lot. I think um, Kadri, and then if Kuzi stays on that line, yeah, we we could be seeing a little bit of a resurgence here. I don't know though. I I still don't think Huberto can be as bad as he's showing this season. So I would I would be surprised if he doesn't hit sixty points this year. I think it should be sixty points, but that's going to include a positive regression, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he, he could be a speculative ad as well. Like if he's on your wire, just due to this increase in play. But I'd you know I'd rather have Kadri. I think. I think it was Julian McKenzie, who's the beat reporter for Calgary uh, for the Athletic, uh, that said last night it, it seemed like they already had built-in chemistry, Huberto yeah. and Kuzi, and uh, uh, he he's the first player that he'd seen that can actually um, that can actually get to the spot where Huberto is passing to. Like he's never really played with a player that can do that. So I don't know. It's just one game, obviously, okay. but but it's it, it's uh, it's an interesting take uh, from someone that. I mean, watches them all the time. So, um, all right, Blake, who are you adding? Yeah, I got a couple ads here. Um, Ryan Hartman is the first one that I put in here uh, just because of Minnesota's schedule upcoming. They have um, two off nights, so they play Wednesday and Friday this week, so tonight and then Friday, and then they play Monday, Wednesday as well. So if you make an ad now, you're going to get four games out of this player. And I think Hartman is the best of the streamers over there in Minnesota. This guy's playing the top line with Kaprasov and the Zucchini man. So Matt Zuccarello. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I just think I've had Hartman. I've streamed him in at times this season. His metrics are also the best um, on that team in terms of the streamers so yeah i there's nothing super sexy about this pick but i, I just like what he brings to the table he, he can do stuff in a bangers league as well so and he's on power play too that's nice and he's getting uh, just under 18 minutes average time on ice over the last five games not too shabby so yeah there's ryan hartman there and i also threw nick paul in here he's a popular waiver ad just for the back-to-back that uh, Tampa has right now. They play Wednesday, Thursday. This guy's top line, top power play. Shouldn't he be better, Josh? What What is Nick Paul? What, you know, he has two first names, and and that should really equal superpower in this case, right? But it hasn't for Nick Paul, but um, I still think this guy's a viable streamer. Um, you're putting things in your corner here, right? He's on the top line and the top power play, so he should run into a couple points here. Um, but, you know, after this week, you probably would be, bumping Nick Paul you, you don't need to keep him for the next week because they don't have any off nights so those are my two picks there I don't know what do, you, what do you think about those picks Josh yeah I mean you would think that Nick Paul uh would have better production at this point he's he's literally played on the top power play all season like they have yeah. played with the same five guys um and 
quite frankly, they've been extremely productive. They've been one of the best power plays in the league this year, uh, as usual, with him as the net front guy. But he's just not getting in on on points. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very bizarre. I, I really thought that that he would be more productive in that position. He just seems like like a, like a great net front guy, good hands. Um, yeah, I've seen I've watched him play and it seems like he has a pretty good scoring touch at times. And I, I don't know, man, like he's just one of those players where uh, like I don't know. Brandon Montour this year, just he's getting like a, a bunch of third assists or something. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, it's interesting that they're trying him on the top line. I assume that's with Point and Kucherov. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, I mean, you would you would think that that surely. He'll get it on something. Uh, I I haven't looked at his IPP numbers, but I assume they're extremely low. Um, uh, all right. I I and then in terms of Ryan Hartman, he's he's been, I mean, he's been productive even not playing with with uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello at times. So uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of that ad for sure. All right, my drop is Johnny Gaudreau or John Gaudreau, I should say. Yeah, when you drop uh, him, he's John Gaudreau. All right, when, when you pick he, him up, yeah. he's Johnny Gaudreau. All right, that's, that's right. That's that, when I drop him, he's Jonathan Gaudreau because yeah, he's okay. in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he's 47% rostered still. I'm seeing him being dropped in a lot of my leagues, uh, and I concur. Uh, his underlying stats have fallen off a cliff. We've we've talked about this ad nauseum. Um, and pair that with the fact that Columbus's schedule is awful. I mentioned it before. Uh, they only had one game this week uh, and two next week. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you can't be rostering guys uh, like that. There are very few Columbus players that I think are worth rostering through this dry stretch right now. Really, Zach Wierenski and maybe nobody else. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'd definitely be dropping him. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right, who are you dropping, Blake? Oh, God, dropping the Columbus players. Yeah, I mean, I saw that they were so stinky. And, you know, Boone Jenner, yeah, he could be a drop, but I, I, I'm I, not going to say it. All right. I'm, I'm not. I will never say that. All right. But, you know, you didn't hear it from me. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I am going with Ivan Barbashev. Come on, Bobby. Let's go party. Not to Barbashev. He, no, he's, he's, not, uh, he's not on my team anymore. All right. They have the same schedule oh. as the Columbus Blue Jackets. So... Uh, it's a little different though, because Barbashev is actually cooking right now. Um, you know, he's on a little point streak. This guy's got seven points in his last five games. Underlying metrics, putrid. All right. Shocking. Actually, they're not that bad. Um, on the season, they're pretty bad, but you know, right now he's 204th in shots and goal per 16 his last five games. That show ain't no good. So, um, and even this last game here that they played last night, he was out there for reasonable ice time donuts across the board. And that's the kind of game that you can get from Ivan Barbashev. Right. Like just nothing. He played top line, got some power play time, nothing. So, um, yeah, any Vegas fringe players, those are guys I'm looking to drop like Barbashev, Chandler Stevenson, although, you know, he keeps doing it against all odds. Got another goal and assist there. But, um, yeah, I think Barbashev is the one who's really his future outlook. I'm not really sold on. Right. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up his current production. So that's my my take there. Ivan Barbashev, thank you for your service. I'm with that for sure, my friend. Uh, definitely. All right. So we got a question in the chat here from Kyle. Kyle says, to finish off the week, would you drop Ekholm for a Washington player such as Strom or Oshie? 12-team head-to-head points, goals, assists, power play points, shorthanded points, hits, blocks, pims, shots on goal, game-winning goals. Hate that, hate that Washington is only two games next week, though. I definitely would be picking up one of those guys. I think those two are probably... 
probably the best of the guys that are pro- that are likely available. Um, I'd probably go with TJ Oshi um, in that format. Dylan Strom has uh, been playing ridiculous minutes. He played 22 minutes last night yeah. uh, and had a crazy stat line. I've been putting out these uh, these little. Uh, these little highlight reels uh, the last couple nights of uh, my stat line of the night. Last night I was looking through and uh, Strom was in contention and I'm like, oh yeah, Dylan Strom, absolutely. And I pulled up his highlights and I looked at those eight shots (laughs) and they were all just like, he was feathering the puck from near the blue line on goal. Like not even like, uh, some of them didn't even look like real shot attempts but they were counting them as shot attempts they should be auditing shots and shot attempts as well uh because that was i mean some of them were pretty questionable and i was like i can't even make i can't make a highlight reel of this this is like this is terrible so uh so it ended up being nazim kadri but anyways uh i i'm digressing here but uh (laughs) you're rubbing off on me blake it's tj oshi would be my choice there What, what do you what do you think pal um, yeah, I, I think, um, for sure. I, I don't mind drop, dropping Ekholm there. I think that, I mean, he's a valuable player, but you know, if we got to win our matchups, that guy's, you know, he's on the block for sure. So I think I'd go with Strom here. Um, the, the only reason just first off that deployment, I mean, oh, she's, you know, no slouch in his deployment as well, but, um, Strom's actually converting at this point and he's getting more ice time, especially in the last five games, you know, like last five games, Strom has 17 and a half minutes where his Oshi is getting about 16 minutes, right? They're both on power play one, which stinks. No one's scoring. Oh God, it's terrible. Wow. Um, Ovi got another goal though, buddy. Yeah. He's up we to are, 10, baby. We are excited. Uh, do you have him anywhere, Josh Oveskin? I do. Yeah. I have him in oh, like yeah. a couple. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. And I I mean, just hoping for a bounce back, really. Like, I I think uh, that should be hurting me more, honestly, uh, if I didn't have Sam Reinhardt as well uh, to kind of make up for it. Um, But yeah, that's uh, uh, it's been a tough year for Ovi. And I but I I mentioned last week, I think that um, based on the underlying stats, it looks like he probably is declining with age a little bit. But the decline in his underlying stats is not proportional to the decline in his, in his point totals. It's, it's ridiculous. He's shooting like 5% on the season. Yeah. It's, it, it's stupid. So there, there's just no way that's going to continue. So you hope that, that things are going to turn around for Ovi here. And, and I think they will. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the power play planner. So uh, we'll take a look at a few power play one units around the league and um, uh, that have changed over the last little while. Boston is the first one here that we'll take a look at. So they last night were running with a unit of Marchand, JVR, David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy, and Pavel Zaka. He replaced the Coiler, Charlie Coyle, um, and uh, played on Power Play 1. Uh, scored a goal as well on the power play, which is interesting. Uh, Zaka has not been very productive uh, at all this year. So I, I don't know. What do you think? Did they make a mistake here? taking coil off of the top power play what are they doing man how dare they how dare you take charlie coil off the top power play um but really like coil and zaka they're they're interchangeable right and you know it's zaka getting a goal there that'll buy him probably another game there on power play one so you know we gotta ride the hot hand but i mean if i had to choose out of the two i would still take charlie coil um but yeah it's power play dependent as well i'm just not 
convinced that Zaka stays there. But yeah, both the players kind of empty stat lines, right? Like uh, Coyle got an assist last game. Zaka got a goal, but this, the underlying metrics kind of stinky, right? Coyle's still on a 71 point pace though. How the hell? Like, how did this happen? He's filling the bowl. Oh, buddy, no. Um, but yeah, it's I, whatever. I think those two are going to be interchangeable and eat into each other's value rest of season. So I'm not too stoked on either. They're both kind of streamers with benefits to me. Yeah, I mean, a 22% shooting percentage definitely helps, right? Uh, but uh, all right, let's go to Buffalo. Uh, Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, Jeff Skinner, uh Rasmus Dalin and not Alex Tuck it's Kyle Ocposo playing on the top power play last night and on the top line which is extremely interesting um he uh, it was playing with Thompson and Skinner 5v5 Tuck was down to power play 2 and playing on a line with Jordan Greenway and Casey Middlestat now that line had the most 5v5 minutes out of any line last night but uh, that is a clear demotion for Alex Tuck, and uh, his stat line showed. It, it showed in his stat line. So um, I don't know. What do you think? This is this is quite quite a turn of events here in Buffalo. Uh, Kyle Poso obviously has been a big power play guy in the past. Uh, I mean, he's he's had a scoring touch um, uh, back in his days in Long Island, but. I, I mean, or on Long Island. I know there's there's this big debate on on whether you say in or on Long Island. I don't I don't fucking care. But uh, <laughs> if there's any Islanders fans that are that are gonna come after me for that, uh, yeah, bring it on. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Josh wants all the smoke today. Oh, <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, he hasn't been put in that offensive role in Buffalo so far. So why now, Blake? I don't know. I, I, you know what? I don't know what Don Granado is doing. Um, he's, he's making some questionable decisions in my opinion. I mean, Buffalo's on the outside looking in, like it's time to load up, not put Kyle Oposo on the top line, top power play. What are we doing? I mean, you know, this guy's, he, he's a great leader in the room. Obviously he's kind of, I, he, he appears to me to be like the heart and soul of the team, like their, their kind of identity, but not offensively. What the hell, what are we doing? Um, so, and not to mention, you know, Granado's putting Tage out there for 16 minutes in a game that they're they're down two to one. I don't understand. It, it doesn't make sense. So that really pisses me off. I think the main thing I'm taking out of this power play deployment is that Cousins is there instead of Middlestat. And I know he's been there for a little bit, but Cousins is the player that I'm actually interested in. And this is a player I talked about last night, but this is a this is a guy that's absolutely going to be able to help you in your your playoffs, right? Buffalo has a great schedule. Cousins is 51% rostered. This guy needs to be on your team, especially like, you know, we talked about Dylan Strom having a great game. Well, uh, Dylan Cousins had an even better game. It was ridiculous. He had like eight shots, 15 attempts, something like that. So, you know, um, that's that's where I'm at with Buffalo. I, I Okpozo on this top line, top power play, that's going to go away real quick. I think, you know, we'll see Tuck back up there or, you know, maybe Middlestad. I don't even know what they're going to do. Paterka, do, do something. But, uh, you know, just give Tage some ice time, buddy the hell yeah it's crazy you start we're gonna start calling don granado pascal vincent soon and and uh in that they'll both be fired by the end of the season nice. uh, uh calgary uh has a, a new face in town it's big koozie uh he's playing on the top power play with kadri huberto sharon govich and obviously i know you mentioned it on the podcast last night but he had a goal had 15 minutes time on ice which is more than i think he had in vancouver all season this year 
uh i don't know that don't don't fact check me on that that's not actually true but uh, <laughs> it, it, it definitely uh is bringing his average up and then noah hannafin was quarterbacking the power play as well uh we'd seen mckenzie Weger uh doing that for a little while um but now we've got hannafin back there and he actually had a goal last night as well not on the power play but um but uh he was contributing too so um yeah uh d- did you like big koozie in in orange and white I did. I loved it. I mean, I, I really love that player. He, you know, as far as uh, personality per 60, Koozie's tops in the league. All right. Um, this is the type of player I want to watch do interviews. He's he's like a little kid out there. I saw some interview he did, you know, just before the game. I mean, yeah, he's like a little kid. He has that excitement and it's just a player that I, I like. That said, I mean, you know, he had like two shots and two shot attempts, you know, uh, like and one chance and he scored on it. So, or one shot, I don't even know, but it's classic koozie stuff, right? This, he's not a a volume shooter, which is really going to hamper his ceiling, right? He needs massive efficiency to really pop, but 15 minutes and power play one, that's all he needed in Vancouver here to, to get like a 60 point season himself. I could see koozie getting a 60 point pace rest of season. If he can hold this deployment, that's all he needs. He needs 15 minutes with offensive opportunity and offensive players and power play one. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And Hannafin as well. Like we just got to keep an eye on who's rocking the, the, the quarterback spot on that top power play. And I think that's who you're, you should really roll with, right? It does decrease the value of Rasmus Anderson a little bit. We, you know, his floor is solid because of the perips, but Hannafin's uh, you, you got to have him while he's on top power play there. Absolutely. Montreal has replaced Sean Monahan with Tanner Pearson, uh, who'd been playing pretty low in the lineup uh, most of the season. Um, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Yuri Slepkovsky, Mike Matheson uh, round out power play one. Uh, that's been a pretty consistent unit all season. And they've actually been more productive than they've been uh, in quite a few years uh, in Montreal. Um uh, Yuri Slavkovsky, I want to I want to hear your take on this because I know uh, you guys had mentioned er, uh, earlier in the week uh, that uh, you weren't super believing in the, in Yuri Slavkovsky, but he has seven points in his last eight games, and over those eight games, he is seventy third in the league in individual scoring chances for per sixty. He's getting really solid minutes over the last two months, eighteen to twenty minutes a game. Um, so I don't know, man. I I feel like I'm. I, I, I'm feeling all right about Yuri Slavkovsky. I know I'm a Leafs fan, so I'm supposed to to be chirping Habs fans uh, for having an absolute bust at number one and uh, be saying, well, we have Austin Matthews as our number one and all that shit um, <laughs> and just be trolling Montreal fans. But no, I actually think Yuri Slavkovsky looks looks pretty solid and maybe maybe a decent fantasy asset moving forward. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. He's certainly going to – I think he's going to be a player for sure. He's 19, right? I mean, it's yeah. we, we have to take that into consideration here. But top line, top power play, it looks good on him, right? He's been able to do some stuff with it. I know I, I was shouting out uh, 18 skaters, Mark Barber, because he was asking questions about Slavkovsky, just our thoughts. And I haven't that hasn't really changed for me. I think, you know, this is a nice little stretch for him, but what we're, what we do here at Apples and Genos is we try and put things in our corner, right? We, we, you can't predict with hundred percent accuracy what these players are going to do, but we can look at what's underlying, look at their opportunity, look at their deployment and kind of make our best guess. Right. And they can still go against it, right? Like look at the Vancouver Canucks this year, for God's sake, it, just, it doesn't make sense, but um, yeah, he's having a nice little stretch. I don't feel like it's going to continue, but I I do. This is a narrative that I try and, uh, you know, cook up every year around this time and teams that are sort of out of the running 
um, for getting into playoffs, they start playing a little looser. They start trying mm -hmm. things and they start having fun, right? Like look at Arizona last year as a prime example. And I mean, maybe this year, the Montreal Canadiens, they're just, they don't have a care in the world. They got Slavkovsky out there for, you know, 17 to 19 minutes. The kids having fun. Uh, it, it's, it's certainly not a whiff if you pick this guy up. It's just like, why there are so many better players that I would be interested in over Slavkovsky. Um, but you know, I think he's going to be a, definitely a fantasy asset moving forward. Someone that we need to keep our eye on. Yeah, definitely. All right. Nashville, uh, last game, they had a slightly different power play unit. Uh, they had Tyson Berry, uh, playing in a two D three forward format. So they kept, they kept the unit basically the same O'Reilly, Nyquist, Forsberg and Yossi, but then Tyson Berry there as well. Uh, before last game, he had only played in one of Nashville's last 16 games, uh, but he played 23 37 last night or not last night, whenever this last game was, uh, yep. it was last week at some point. Um, but, and he had five shots. So, uh, I, I don't know. What do we think here? Was that, I, I, I'm not sure. Was that because of injury that he was getting into the lineup? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think Barry might be a, a streamable guy when Nashville has a good schedule. If he's, if he's playing on the top power play, but he's kind of turned into a Tony D'Angelo like player. <laughs> I love where... how that's the guy that we bring up every time when we're talking about it, these guys. He's like Tony D'Angelo and everyone's <laughs> like, I know, I get it. He yeah, is, totally. but it's the, he's the exact, they're the same player. Like they're, they're, they're the prototypical, like can't play defense, but is, uh, can be productive on a top power play. But if they're not, if they're in the lineup, you can't not play them on the top power play because they're useless. Yeah. Um, yep. so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's definitely viable if he's getting that opportunity, but you kind of watch and make sure that he's getting in the lineup. Uh, do you have anything, any other comments on that, Blake? Yeah, no, I agree with all that. It's clearly dependent on power play deployment and, and ice time. And if he's getting, you know, 23 and a half minutes, that's enough. That's enough for Tyson Berry to, to be viable for sure, as a streamer at least. Uh, Ottawa had uh, Josh Norris and Shane Pinto on the top power play, along with Thomas Shabbat. It looked like Jake Sanderson went down with an injury. This was last week, uh, yep. so nothing super new. Um, I, they're just kind of throwing things in the blender, so I don't think there's really much to, to comment on there. Pittsburgh still has Malkin off of the top power play. Uh, Crosby, Gensel, Smith, Rust, and Latang were practicing on power play one the other day. They played a game last night and won three nothing, but they got zero power play opportunities. So we don't know if they're actually going to run with that in a game. Uh, but that that was what they were running with at practice. So I don't know. What do you think of that of that unit there, Blake? Not much. All right. Um, but that could be said about, you know, Pittsburgh's power play all season. It, like, who would have thought this is a, this is an interesting storyline that we kind of don't talk about very much is like. You know, when they get signed Eric Carlson, did we think their power play was going to be bottom three in the league? Like, yeah. no, that that doesn't no. make sense. So, but I mean, obviously you can see that you can't just, you know, uh, inject like a really offensive player and just count it as, well, now they're going to be that much better offensively. Like, no, Eric Carlson is the type of player that has his own sort of gravity in the way that he likes to play and the way that he's been coached to play. And he's going to a team that knows how to win. They have their own system and it hasn't really worked, especially on the power play there. But um, 
I don't know, Gino on power play two. That doesn't make sense. That seems like a little bit of a hail Mary that they're trying to see what sticks. I, I think Malkin is going to be back on top power play soon. This was Smith's first game back. I think Riley Smith. So I could see him bounced down the lineup, but how about Brian rust? I was talking about him last night too. This guy's 41% rostered. He's got to be on a roster folks. 20 minutes time on ice. And he had a big game too. Brian Rust is a dog. I love Brian Rust. I'm I'm a big Brian Rust guy. I, I'm always getting him late in drafts. He's uh uh he's he's one of those guys that that I just yeah. is always always there in the back of my mind come draft season. Uh Vancouver, we got we talked about Big Koozie. We got to talk about Elias Lindholm. He played 2101 on that and then played on that top power play, had two goals on two shots. I I, I saw some people uh commenting and so, some writers being like Lindholm, it looks like he's exactly what Vancouver needs. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you got a guy <laughs> shooting 100% shooting yeah. percentage. Uh, yeah, I think any team would like that. Any yeah. team could yeah. use a guy that, that that scores on every shot he takes. But uh, I don't know. What do you think, man? I assume you watched the game last night. Uh, how did how did Lindholm look out, outside of those two goals? He looks great. Um, you know, we can't expect this from Lindholm, right? It's a really nice story. Him and Kuzi both getting goals in their debuts. That's amazing. But um, where Lindholm's real value is going to come in, in real life hockey is his defensive prowess. Like this guy, you know, he was um, a runner up for the Selkie one year. I think it was a couple years ago. Like he has that kind of defensive acumen. So that's what I'm more interested in here. But the fact that he can just jump onto the top power play with the Canucks and look like he's been there all season, that's a great thing. And uh, this is a rare trade too, where both of the main uh, pieces that were moved, they both gained value, right? Yeah. Like obviously Lindholm, you know, if he's, <laughs> he led all forwards in ice time last night in his first game with the Canucks. That's amazing. Right. That's, that's more important to me than the two goals really. Like the coach trusts him right off the bat, liked what he saw. And then obviously, you know, Kuzi getting more minutes in Calgary, that's going to equal uh, some good stuff for him, but it's a great trade. And I, yeah, like you said, any team would want this guy, but it is nice that he just fit right in. He looked good with Pedersen uh, out there as well. So. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I, I, I do think all, all jokes aside, I do think that was a good deal, uh, for, for the Canucks in, for the time being at the yeah, very least. They gave up a lot clearly, but, uh, yeah, this guy's, mm -hmm. he's a stud and if they can sign him, then it doesn't look as bad. Exactly. Winnipeg, uh, had Mark Shifley back and Sean Monahan in the frame. Monahan slotted in on the top power play as did Mark Shifley as expected, uh, at the expense of Nikolai Ehlers uh unfortunately but that is kind of what we expected kyle connor gave velarde josh morrissey rounded out the top power play they got shut out so uh maybe that's karma there rick bonus <laughs> it, car it, uh, if there was, if there was such a thing as karma for nikolai ehlers i mean you know rick bonus would have been hit with it already for love of pete he's yeah. just dogging, dogging this man but um yeah i, I don't know what do you think of monahan did you did you catch any of the highlights or even just looking at his statistics there what, what was your thoughts on his game i i didn't i didn't catch highlights and and honestly his his line wasn't super spectacular um his stat line that is so yeah i mean I, I don't know. He he didn't play a ton of minutes either. I think he only played fifteen or or something like that, even with the power play time. So, um, yeah. I mean, they're they're probably just easing him in, trying to figure. He's also playing with Ehlers five on five, so that's got to hurt the ice time as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like, oh, you're with Ehlers. Oh no, come come on, come back back on the <laughs> yeah. bench here, buddy. Like, oh, come on. I'm like, just gonna go out and get a skate now. Shovel day. I was like, what did I get this guy for? Yeah. What? Oh my. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's go to from zero to hero. Um, we'll go through a few zero G candidates that are in pretty good situations right now. Uh, for the Anaheim Ducks, John Gibson is forty percent rostered. He has become a volume starter again. It, it seems in Anaheim. Um, they don't have a fantastic schedule right now, but that's a guy that you could definitely uh, pick up moving forward and potentially hold uh, for a while. He's he's had a pretty solid year uh, on a, on a team that has has struggled mightily. Um, the Buffalo Sabers, uh, I, I mean UPL, he's forty eight percent rostered still, which is shocking to me. He started eight of ten, eight of their last ten games, and has a nine thirty six save percentage over that span. I think he's an absolute must add at this point, Blake. What do you, what are your thoughts on UPL here? Yeah, I mean, hopefully too. Like they're gonna have to ride their their stud here, and I think UPL is the guy, right? If they want any chance of getting into the playoffs, they're gonna have to to go with UPL, I think, because he's the one who's shown uh, out the best so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. I talked about this last week, but I, and I and I have harped on it the last few weeks on this show. But Peter Morazic has a 9-10 save percentage on the Chicago Blackhawks this year. And that's the injury-riddled Chicago Blackhawks. Like, we knew this yep. team was going to be bad, but all of all of their rosterable players have been hurt at, at, like, at the same time, essentially. They have no Connor Bedard. They have no Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall hasn't even played, essentially, this year. Um, it, it, Seth Jones was out for, for ex- an extended amount of time. Uh, and this guy somehow has a nine ten. A guy that doesn't even know where his posts are uh, is is just just uh, just on an athletic bender. It's it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, he's a volume starter. He's a twelfth ranked goalie in Kakupful, which is just amazing. So I mean, you got to respect this guy. He's thirty two percent rostered. Um, I mean, it could fall off at any time because he's a goalie. But uh, I think you gotta you gotta show him a little bit more respect here, Blake. What do you think? Do you have them on any of your, uh, of your rosters? No. Um, I don't either. <laughs> but I don't yeah. either, to be honest. But yeah, what you said <laughs> makes total sense. It's just like, again, we're playing the odds here. And what are the odds that Chicago is actually going to get a win? You know what I mean? They've been shut out in two of the last three games. Like, it's they have no one. It's basically an AHL squad. So, um, you know, Mrazic's doing it against all odds. Good for you, my man. But th- there's no way... I, like we just can't bank on it. Right. And that's not something I like doing is putting all my eggs into a basket of someone that's way overachieving. Right. This, this should fall off eventually. Maybe it holds all season, but I don't, I'm still not interested. Vili Huso, uh, 37% rostered. He is back from injury. I'm not sure that, uh, whether or not he'll be cutting into, uh, Alex Lyons starts. I imagine he probably will just to kind of give Lyon a break. Lyon has been, uh, shouldering the load uh, while while Huso has been gone, I think James Reimer has been almost unplayable uh, for for a while this year. So um, Lion has and Lion has been qu- quite honestly has been great. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know Huso did not look great uh, before he went down with an injury. So we'll see we'll see how things how things look. But I imagine that they'll probably give him at least a few starts here. Um, even even if they go they go as like a straight tandem or like a like a sixty a sixty forty split, um, so he may be he may be a guy that you may be able to pick up at least short term. Uh, Dave Riddick he's twenty one percent rostered still, which is also very shocking to me. He started three straight games and has started seven of the Kings' last nine games. He has a nine twenty five on the season. He's been awesome. Another guy, another Leaf cast off. 
that was terrible for Toronto and uh and all of a sudden just looks like this fantastic goalie. Uh he go he does go on these benders though. He had it uh in Calgary. That's that's where he got the nickname Big Save Dave. Uh and I I <laughs> I don't know. Uh it seems like he's the guy right now. I imagine LA's probably going to be in the market for uh for another goaltender uh, again at the trade deadline this year, but I don't know, man. What do you think of Dave Riddick? I think he's a guy that you can you could hold on to at least uh, at least for now. Yep, um, the Kings um, historically have been a really good goalie environment, but obviously, you know, they've they've kind of gotten off track here in the last last little stretch of play. But yeah, Dave Riddick over Cam Talbot for me. Um, you know, he's definitely obviously the statistics underlying are are better, but as you said, I think the Kings they can't. You know, if they do make the playoffs, they get you know like. They can't go in with Riddick and Talbot. That that's not a recipe for success. You might as well just mail it in. Like, hey, we're just happy to be here, folks. Like, yeah, yeah. Riddick, you want to take the net off? Just leave the net empty. Let's play six against five and see what happens. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think they can do that. That's a harsh burn on Dave Riddick and Cam Talbot. But but you know, uh, um, for now, I think Riddick is the is the goalie to own in LA for sure. Um, Eunice Corbisalo, 53% rostered. He's won his last two starts in Ottawa. Um, he looked pretty solid too. So I, I don't know. There, there may be something there. Uh, I've been hoping there's something there and, and honestly two solid starts in a row is probably the best stretch of his season so far. So, uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's light, uh, coming from Ottawa there. I don't know that. I, I don't know if they're figuring things out. They, they did have a break for the all-star break. So. Uh, and haven't haven't played a game yet, but I don't know. I just thought that was worth bringing up at yeah. the very well, least. Fifty three percent. I'd be more interested in him than you know most of these other guys. You know, say for UPL, yeah. I'd probably go with mm-hmm. Corpusalo, even though I mean Ottawa's been garbage, right? But um, yeah. they they've played a lot better as of late, and you know they might be putting a little streak together here. Yeah, that that's kind of their that's kind of their thing is uh, yeah. uh, shit shit in the bed and being in last place and then then, then winning a bunch of games at the end of the year. So they're they're due for 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 an end of season bender where it's that's too right. little too late. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia, uh, we've got Sam Urson, thirty eight percent rostered. He is a volume starter going forward. You need to be rostering this guy. He had struggled since this opportunity had been thrown at him, but he did stop. 20 of 21 uh last night so um yeah i i, I think that uh yeah i don't know i i like sam Urson going forward he's he's show he's uh he's looked pretty good and he he got a break for the all-star break you hope that that maybe they get things going i think that philly is a team that i mean we've talked about it a lot they're a wagon uh under the hood they look awesome they're a pretty good environment for a goaltender. So I like this opportunity for Sam Urson. And I, I mean, quite frankly, I don't think there's really anyone pushing for, for starts on that team. So that may be a team that is in the market for potentially another, another goaltender. Um, but uh, yeah, I like, I like Urson for sure. What do you think about Urson, man? Yep. Um, must roster, in my opinion. This is a guy that needs to be on a roster. Basically, exactly what you said. There's there's no one really coming for his starts at this point. And the fact that he uh, kind of showed out in last night's game, he looked great, right? He he was, you know, one of the best players on the ice helping uh, Philly get that win over the Panthers. So, um, yeah, I think you, you got to have this guy on your team. It's going to be ups and downs, right? He's a rookie, so we got to manage expectations. But he's going to be in the net at the very least. And that's what we're looking for at this point of the year. 
Uh, Washington, this is the last one I wanted to touch on. Charlie Lindgren has started three straight, but has looked awful. He's been really bad the last three games. Uh, he is 39% rostered. I expect Darcy Kemper will get a bit of a run uh, if he even looks half decent because Charlie Lindgren looks almost uh, unrosterable, unplayable right now. Uh, I think, I mean, he looked so good all season. Uh, yeah. And then he had a couple bad starts and you kind of are like, okay, let's just, let's just kind of refresh. Uh, we'll give him the all-star break and just, just see if he can, if he needs a rest, he comes back, uh, allows three goals on six shots and gets pulled uh, right off the bat against the Montreal Canadians as well. <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, that's not a good look for Charlie Lindgren. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Darcy Kemper obviously is a, is a guy that uh, has shown that, that he can handle volume. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they decide to do going forward. But I don't think that Charlie Lindgren is probably going to get, uh, is g- probably going to continue this trend of, of, of being that volume starter. So um, yeah. What are your thoughts, Blake? Um, I'm a little higher on Lindgren. I know this has been a bad stretch for sure, but Kemper's really been no better. And I yeah. think the body of work that Lindgren's put in so far this year, he's been the better goalie and it hasn't really been close. So, you know, I, I, I think I've got a little bit longer leash for Lindgren, but, and I think he's the goalie to own there. But again, we're looking at a one, a one B situation most likely, which is really rough, right? You're not yeah. getting the start. That's why a guy like Urson to me is more valuable because it's not a one, a one B it's a, you know, Urson is the guy. So take it for what it's worth. But I do think that Lindgren will bounce back and, and is a viable goalie. This is the time of year where these tandem situations start changing into into more of a volume starter situation, especially for teams that are on the bubble trying to trying to to solidify a playoff spot. Because, uh, yeah, teams like Philly, um, they're I mean, they're not I mean, yeah, they are on the bubble. I think the Metro is is really tight. Um, yeah. uh, obviously they're, they're in, uh, one of the top three spots, but, um, they're, they're not safe by, by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, yeah, I think you've got Urson. We mentioned Corpus Salo, Dave Riddick, like there, there are a bunch of situations where, um, there are volume starters that you can pick up right now. So, um, speaking of that, let's go to Hutch versus this is our zero to hero picks of the week. Um, so last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago, uh, Matty K was on the show. He picked Mackenzie Blackwood. I picked Elvis Merzlikens. He defeated me. Uh, Blackwood had 15.6 kickoffle points. Elvis Merzlikens had 13.2. I lead opponents uh, in the season series 7-4. to four. Blake, I'll give you another shot. Who are you taking this week, buddy? Okay, okay. Um, you know what? I had Lingren written down, but I gotta <laughs> change. I gotta change my mind because yeah, you know, I gotta listen to my gut and I gotta go with Sammy Urson. Oh, All right. I'm taking Urson because I think he'll get more starts. I, I, if I had to choose between the two in a bubble, I like um, Lingren better, but I think Urson's gonna get more starts. So there you go. I'm taking Sammy. Book it. Damn it. I sold you on my guy. I, I, I did yeah. too this good of a sell job. Yeah, that right. was my fault. fault. Okay. Well, okay. So, so you took Urson. I'll have to go with my backup. This is, this is weird. Okay. Uh, but I got to put my money where my mouth is. I've been hyping Peter Morazic up for the last few weeks. Ooh, uh, right. And I, I am going to go with Peter Morazic. Um, Chicago. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
has a few games uh, between between now and and uh, and next week when the show when the show uh, when the show happens again. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Mrazek. Fuck it, let's All go, right. Peter Mrazek. You've got Sam Erson. Uh, we will see what happens next week. All right, let's go to the hockey hotline. The mailbag segment. Uh, we'll take some questions from the Discord. Mm. Um, so I believe the cake eaters. I believe the cake eaters uh, asked the same question in the in the YouTube chat. So we'll move on to. Oh, uh, this is a Sam Erson question. Uh, Norris asked thoughts on Sam Erson and Blake Coleman ten man points league goals over uh, goals are worth more than it says. I think I know what your take is going to be on this. You love Sam Erson. You love Blake Coleman. Uh, you've been outspoken about that on your show. Um, yeah. I mean, that's interesting though. 10 man point league, Blake Coleman yeah. in a 10, 10 man league. Ooh, I, yeah, I don't know. Point. That's a little, that's a little spicy for me, but if I had that's to a choose rich. a B2, I gotta go with Blake Coleman. Come on. You, you gotta take Blake Coleman here. I mean, they, they both should be rostered in a 12 teamer for sure. 10 teams. You know, I, that, that's a pretty uh, savvy league if, if all that's left on the wire is Blake Coleman. Um, but yeah, I mean, Blake Coleman led his, he led the Flames uh, forwards in ice time last night. Metrics still, you know, not great. And they haven't been though. And he's overachieving for sure. So at some point his production is going to fall off. But until it does, I'm riding with my boy till the wheels fall off. Um, so I'm taking Blake Coleman there. I think it depends on on the goalie uh uh, like like how much or what categories uh right. are, are worth what in this points league for goalies um i because i think urson urson could be worth rostering as well uh for the same reasons we mentioned before uh ac asks thoughts on saros we got a lot of questions on uc saros uh hold yep. or drop him hard to put in the lineup uh, hard to put him in the lineup against good teams should i wait until at least the dreadline or the trade deadline oh my god all right starting to starting the to lose steam here yep, the yep, red line yep. <laughs> all right um yeah uc saros what do you think man i i i could i i mean i don't roster him anywhere you're a big juicy mm-hmm. man uh, oh, yeah. uh uc saros at least in prior years but i just don't think that you can if you spent that much draft capital on this guy, you've got to get something back for him. Mm-hmm. So my thoughts are you trade him, get some sort of value back for UC Soros at this point, just cut your losses and yeah. then pick up a guy like Sam Urson or Dave Riddick off the waiver wire um, to put in that spot that could potentially perform better for free. Right. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the the zero G things, right? We, um, you you spend a lot of draft capital on a player, and then you feel like you're you have to hold him, right? You have to do something. Like, I, I think you absolutely could drop UC Saros. I mean, it's not going to feel good, but you know what else doesn't feel good? Not making the playoffs. All right, you got to make the playoffs, and there are some guys out there that can give you, at very least, what Saros is giving to you this season, right? Um, like guys like we've mentioned, but yeah, this is a rough one. If you can try and make a trade, like you said, even if it's for like a really good streamer or like a streamer with benefits, maybe not even a full roster player, but um, I you, I wouldn't just drop UC Saros unless I had to, but I think we're, we're approaching it, right? Like I was looking into Nashville's team metrics as well, just at five on five, like they're not generating very much offense. They're, they're six worst in goals four at five on five. They're they have the eighth worst shooting percentage and then their power play is not really great either. That's they have the 13th worst power play percentage as well. Um, and Saros himself, like it, the team around him hasn't changed 
too much. I mean, you know, obviously a few guys have left, but last season, uh, Saros goal saved above average, which is a really good metric to sort of see how much a goalie is outperforming the rest of the pack. Um, he was one of the tops in the league. He was, you know, 30.5. Was he tops? Yeah. Goal saved above average. Yeah. Right near the top. Yeah. Yeah. So that means he's saving like on average 30 more goals than, you know, uh, a replacement level goalie. And this year he's negative 1.6, right? And he's, he's almost always a plus player there and big plus like last three seasons, 30.5, 22.9, 20.7 this year, minus 1.6. So he's not having a good season in his own right. He's just not playing very well. So I think you could definitely drop Saros, but you know, uh, exhaust all their avenues first. For sure. Uh, blister boy in the chat asks Pavel Zaka, Troy Terry, Dylan. I assume that's Dylan Strom or Andre Kuzmenko for rest of season hold 12 team head to head points. What do you think, man? I guess we're picking one of these guys. Troy. Terry. Oh, I know who I, I know who I'm picking. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Troy Terry is a, is a smash smash. Accept. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what, what, how would you rate? How would you rank them though, Joshi? Uh, let's see. I would go Troy Terry. Dylan Strom. Oh, Andre Kuzmenko. Give me Kuzmenko. And then Pavel Zaka. Love it. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I like, I like Kuzmenko's upside. Yeah. You know, it's a pure upside play. I go Terry, Kuzmenko, Strom, and Zaka. Book it. Yeah. That's how good yeah. it is. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, and then we've got a question from Hard Day's Night about streamers from Arizona next week. Uh, we talked about Hayden. We talked about Dylan Genther. Uh, I'm a big fan of Lawson Krause, especially in a Bangers Cats. Um, he is fairly highly rostered. He's still sub 50. I think he's like around 44%. So so might not be available. But are, are there any other guys that you like on Arizona there uh, that you would consider, Blake? <laughs> Yeah, these guys are all weirdly viable, you know, like and for next week, they they should probably all be rostered, really. I think they could be and they're not going to they're not going to give you donuts across the board, right? But um, you know, in terms of the question here, like uh talking about, you know, uh what is it? Cooley, Kerfoot, Kraus, uh Bjugstad, McBain, Hayton, Michelli. I think the way I'm going there, we talked about Hayton, so I'd, I'd probably pick up Hayton first, then I'd follow that with Kraus, and then Dylan Genther is, is someone who's not on here who I'd probably put ahead of these other guys. Um, but yeah, Kerfoot, then Cooley, Bjugstad, Michelli. That's how I would sort of roll with these guys. Yeah. And that's based on their ice time, their deployment, and their opportunity. Or sorry, their ice time and their opportunity, right? And then the metrics. But to me, the guy with the best metrics, uh, weirdly, is Nick Bjugstad. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's actually having a he's nice little... good, man. Yeah, the guy's on a 46-point pace. I, I got him in the uh, A&G Listener uh, Dynasty League. And I, I mean, I think I got him off waivers a long time ago. I just ended up keeping him. I forgot I had him. And then I look back at his point totals. I'm like, oh, this guy's actually doing some stuff. So, you know, yeah. I think that is absolutely viable. But that's the way I'd order them. What about you, Joshy? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I'd probably go, uh, we're, we're looking at the list that they've got in the in the Discord here. I'd probably go, um, we'll say Kraus, Bugstad. Oh, it's it's tough because Barrett Hayton, I, I I had Barrett Hayton as as my my pick, and he's he's kind of an upside pick, right? And mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that he's going to get back on line one. Um, so I, I I'd probably still put him, I put Kraus above him, and then Hayton, Bugstad, uh, Michelli, Cooley, McBain, Kerfoot. 
that that's what I that's what I would do. And McBain, McBain is a I mean in a bangers cads I, I'm I'm yeah. I would I rank him a little bit higher, especially if you have face off wins as well because he does that too. But um, yeah, he's he's he bangs, but uh, he's gonna get moved down the lineup. That ice time is is gonna gonna take a hit here. All right, uh, let's let's pull another question here. Jason W ninety six asks. Thoughts on Chushkin, especially if you're a playoff team, would it be smart to trade him or hold, hoping he's back early March? Uh, that's an interesting question. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, interesting question and situation, and one I actually had in uh, in our expert mm-hmm. league, Josh. Um, I had offered a trade. I have Nichushkin. I had him on the IR, and I got offered Matt Boldy for him straight up, and I accepted. So yeah. me, I mean, yeah. I I love Nachushkin, what he was able to do this year, and I hope he does get back this season. And I think when he does get back this season, obviously he's going to, you know, get the biz here. But I don't think the same opportunities are going to be there for him when he comes back. Like we've got now we've got Lekkonen in the mix. We've got, you know, Parise in the mix. He's not going to do much Parise, but there are other players here that are that are kind of coming on a little bit. Ross Colton is getting more time. Right. So does Nachushkin still get the 25 minute treatment that he was getting? You know, while Lekkonen was out, like I'm a little skeptical on that. And I think if Lekkonen, he's a player I'm high on, if he can sort of, you know, uh, prove himself a little bit more, kind of get back to what he's done historically, which I think he might, right? Then if Nishushin comes back at that point, they, they got a real kind of a nice problem, but it's going to suck for fantasy. So I thought it was pretty much a slam dunk. I'd be interested in, in moving off Nachushkin if you can get a solid asset in return that, that you know is going to help you with your playoffs. And it's interesting, this guy that I traded with, he's the first place team, I'm the second place team. So yeah, it's just, it was an interesting move by him. He's taking that a swing for sure. Because I think, you know, in a bubble, Nachushkin, uh, if we're looking at Nachushkin before uh, he went off to the players' assistance and mm-hmm. Matt Boldy, we're slamming it on Nachushkin all day long. He's yeah. by far the better player, but I'm not convinced that that's the player he's going to be when he comes back. Man, I think in a vacuum, I, I just I I hold Matt Boldy so high. Like I I would I I would have done exactly what you did. I would have smashed accept on on that. Uh, so uh, I guess in in uh, in the five hole Lister league that I'm in. If anyone wants to offer me Matt Boldy for my uh, Valerie Nachushkin, uh, uh, bring it on. Uh, I will accept. But um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm totally okay if you have the IR plus spots uh, holding on to Nachushkin. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very, very okay with that. But yeah, if if uh, like Blake mentioned, uh, there's an opportunity that comes up like that with someone that could have comparable production um like matt boldy i i think that uh i i think that you could go for that for sure because we don't know like realistically yeah. he could be out the rest of the season we don't even yeah, we know. don't know so um yeah I, I i think and like you said that opportunity might may not be there when he gets back so so uh yeah anyways we'll see what happens time will tell uh and then another question from jason w96 is markstrom going to hold his value, particularly from a wins perspective, if the flames keep selling, uh, I would say probably not. Um, but I mean, he's he's playing pretty well. Um, I, I don't think I, I mean, I don't think guys like Kadri Huberto are going to get moved. Like, like I, I think that guys that are that are on the market in, in Calgary at this point are kind of the fringe guys. And they, and they are bringing up younger guys, Jake Pelche. Uh, played his first game of the season yep. uh, last game. So 
Um, I, I imagine they're just going to be bringing up these guys uh, of the future. I think Matt Coronado will probably be be up with the team at some point. Um, you've already got Connor Zary there. Kadri and Huberto aren't going anywhere. Those contracts aren't going to get moved. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think, yeah, if they continue to sell, the, absolutely his, his wins uh, uh, prospects are, are probably going to decrease. Um, do you have any any comments on that, Blake? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's with, it's in the realm of possibilities, but I'm not banking <clears> on it. Like Markstrom no. has, he's played amazing this year. He's actually really played amazing, whereas he played like absolute, you know, crap last season. So um, he's looked good regardless. Like the Flames, uh, their metric, their team metrics this year, they're way worse than they were last year. Last year they were kind of, you know, they were high on Corsi four, low on Corsi against, and Mark Markstrom just couldn't stop a, a puck, right? This year. Calgary's more middling, right? Uh, even on the yeah. lower end of those metrics and Markstrom's playing out of his mind. So, you know, is losing Chris Tanev, I know he's a great player, but is that going to really affect Markstrom's ability to stop the puck? I, you know, I don't really, I don't really think so. And the Flames are winning. Like they just had a really nice win against the Bruins last night, who's one of the top teams in the league. So if the Flames keep winning, maybe they don't sell, right? Maybe they don't sell yeah. a bunch of people and maybe they pick up a people. Pick up a people. That sounds terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not concerned. It's a, a long answer there. Uh, Dog Walking Inc. in the chat asks, do I stream a Blackhawk for Wednesday and Friday? And why is it Dickinson? I would say no. Don't even don't don't do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Slim Pickens. I mean, I actually looked at Jason Dickinson and Kikuffle and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I won't do this. But I mean, you know, if I had to choose one, uh, I'd rather take Nick Felino though. He's he's at least shooting a little bit. So I don't know. Or Kurashev. Who are these players? Do you even what does anyone know who we're talking about right now? You know who I'd take? I'd take Peter Morazic, baby. Peter Give me Morazic. Gippy. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, uh Dog Walking Inc. also says, uh uh, whoa. Uh from Kakupful. Oh, this is that's his team name. I don't know how to say it. Uh Nick Paul's still available. And likely should be, uh, but him, Leo Carlson, or Braden Shen in Kakupful scoring. Interesting. Um, I man, yeah, I like Nick Paul's opportunity currently. In a vacuum, I'd probably say Carlson. Um, but oh, that's a that's actually a that's a tough one. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And there's no real like, reward I mean, is there? Yeah. No, there's not. No. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think go with Nick Paul for the, you know, for his deployment right now, top line, yeah. top power play, and then Carlson, then Braden Shen. They're all probably going to get you around the same kind of deployment, right? Yeah. Um, Shen offers some banger stuff as well as Nick Paul does as well. So if you have any kind of banger waiting, bump Leo Carlson down, uh, you know, below Shen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So, uh, night four asks thoughts on Thomas Harley rest of season. I was offered Harley for William Carlson and I'm sure of the, I'm unsure of the trade points league with banger waiting and playoff playoffs weeks, 23 to 25 currently solidly in first and looking to improve for the playoffs. Yeah, I guess it depends on, on who you have on D. Um, if, if you feel like you need to, to improve, um, in that, in that regard, I think Thomas Harley is a great addition uh, as like a four, four D um, on, on a contending team, I guess, I guess you'd say um, he, he's probably going to get you uh, some of the better five V five production um, out of, out of anyone 
in the league right now. Like uh, anyone that's not a power play one quarterback. So he's been looking so good lately. I, I think you guys mentioned on the podcast um, just a couple days ago. Uh, he's uh, the underlying stats are awesome. The on ice stats are awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Thomas Harley. Um, as for trading for William Carlson, I mean, he's been a guy on a bender all season. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, he's kind of a sell high candidate. So maybe that is, maybe that is a good trade. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I'd probably go for that. Yeah. I mean, they're both kind of sell highs in a way, right? Like, yeah. like Thomas Harley did a lot of his damage when Heiskanen was out of the lineup. Right. But now that Heiskanen is back, Harley's playing on the top pairing with him and he's getting power play too, which keeps his floor nice and solid. So I'm, I'm definitely high on Harley rest of the season as well. I think he should probably be owned, but I mean, it, this particular trade, I'm not sure it's much of an improvement, right? Um, yeah. Both teams have the same schedule, right? I think it's nine games during that time and two off nights. So you're not getting a schedule advantage, right? As you said, Carlson's redlining this year, right? And, but Carlson did get top power play in this last Vegas game here, his first game back. So mm-hmm. if that continues, like I'd lean William Carlson, right? Mm-hmm. But like you said yeah. too, if you know, it's a lot easier to get defensemen in sometimes. So you know, if it's the same amount of games, but you can get Harley in for more games, then I would go with Harley, right? But you're going to have to go to your playoffs and and look and see, you know, who's who's not making the cut, right? But I think I'm leaning Carlson on this one. I'd have to see the rest of the rest of your roster as yeah. well, because uh, it, it really it really depends on your roster construction there. Um, so so maybe give a, give Blake a call on did it. Oh, <laughs> man, beautiful segue here. There you go. Uh, Fantasy hockey professor uh, says asking for a friend. Can you retroactively employ zero G? If so, how? For example, if your friend drafted a goalie too early and hypothetically that goalie is underperforming. Uh, a la UC Soros. Can I have permission to tell that friend to drop him if there are zero G options on his waiver wire or should he just continue to hold on? Thanks for helping my friend. I guess I kind of answered this question already when we talked about UC Soros. Um, I think I would try and um, exhaust all avenues uh, in the trade market for Soros, uh, try and get as much back for him and then pick up one of those guys that could get similar production uh, off the waiver wire. Um, yeah, I, let, let's go to the next question. I think we we kind of already touched on that. Um, R33 asks, in a 12-team league, how long do you hold on to waiver-level guys who have potential to be great if given better deployment? Um, Lekkonen and Raquel right now are examples. Ehlers at times and Ross Colton pre-power play one. This is a great question. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no answer, right? There's no, there's no absolute answer in this case, right? It always, it just depends on where you are in your matchup. First off, like, are you, are you winning your matchup? Are you going to handily destroy your opponent? Because if so, you can, you can actually afford to keep guys on your roster that are kind of stash plays, right, or ceiling plays. But if you need to win now, then you kick them to the curb asap, right? Because like we're getting into the time of year where. And it's not now, but it will be where you have to be cutthroat. You have to be ruthless, right? It's like, oh, this guy only has one game uh, this week and these other guys have four games. Like, boom, get the hell off my team. I'm sorry. You know, like we got to First off, we got to do whatever we need to do to get into the playoffs, right? It does depend where you are in your standings, right? If you're first, second or third and you've got that locked down and you can afford to take an L for a week while you're sort of waiting for the trade deadline to see what happens and shakes out. Absolutely. But in terms of the players you mentioned too, like Lekkonen is a guy I would definitely be holding right now, especially because he did 
to get that deployment last game. He got line one and he has spent some time on power play one there um, on, in the third period for Colorado. So that's a guy I'm definitely interested in. Raquel, I think you could drop Raquel, Raquel. Just send him on a, a strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. Uh, that's that's where you should probably go. <laughs> Nikolai Ehlers can be dropped. Ross Colton can be dropped. Um, you know, but that's that's schedule based as well. So I don't know. That's that's yeah. another long answer there. But what what do you what are you feeling on this one, Josh? Yeah, I think I, I think I'm on the same the same track. Like it really depends on on your league settings, uh, the amount of roster spots, the amount of teams in the, in your league. Um, but yeah, Arturi Lekkinen's a weird one because uh, I would have thought at this point uh, he he maybe after I guess, I guess it's only been a few games, but yeah. um, I would have thought that the urgency would have been a little bit higher to get him uh, higher in the lineup. But they're they're really easing him in. Um, and they really just seem to like Jonathan Druin on that top line, top power play for some reason. So I don't know, man. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'd almost be, I, I'm, I've been seriously considering dropping Lekin in his sub spots. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just like I, I have him in, in a number of places. Uh, he's, he was one of my top, uh, drafted players, uh, or, or most drafted players for me yep. this season. So, yep. um, but it's it's been it's been difficult the last little while, so I wouldn't blame you for dropping Arturi Lekin in there. Now I'd love to keep going, but my voice is starting to go, and I don't know how much it's how much longer it's going to last. So I'm going to finish off with this last question because it's got important information. It is from our boy Binksy Binklemania. He says, "Hey boys, jersey winner announcement coming later today. That is big news. Uh, Binksy's jersey." contest he's giving away a jersey for people uh uh, for people that sent a screenshot of giving us a review um so uh i mean i don't i don't know if the contest is still going or if he already picked a winner but it probably wouldn't hurt to give us a review take a screenshot send it to binksy uh in the discord uh or dm him on twitter at binklemania uh he says as for my question if you had to hold rest of season uh, would it be Brian Rust or Igor Sharangovich? Um, I mean, I think you know my answer based on what I said earlier in the show, but I'm a big Ryan Brian Rust. Oh my god. He's <laughs> losing it, folks. Going. He's losing it. Brian Rust is my boy. Blake, what do you think? I also agree that Brian Rust is the correct choice here. Um, Sharon Govich, yeah, he's he's redlining a bit. I think the, the shine's a little bit off. And then Kuzmenko going to Calgary, I think that's going to affect his deployment a little bit, right? Because um, if someone comes off that top power play, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Sharon Govich. Like if they want to put, you know, yeah. um, someone from power play two up there, like Backland or Coleman or something like that, it'll probably be Sharon Govich who maybe bounces down. So there you go. My two cents on that. All right, buddy. Blake, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. That is all we have for today. Please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot, send it to Binksy. Thank you to those who already have. Hopefully you win a jersey. Uh, You are helping us out a ton with our audience growth. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a like. Uh, We're trying to hit 1,000 subscribers by the end of the season. Like I say, every show, even if you love the audio and you don't watch us on YouTube, go to your YouTube, look up Apples and Genos, give us a subscribe. It helps us out immensely. Um, 
hop into the apples and genos discord server we're having lots of discussions about fantasy hockey in there shout outs to the band they're there for providing our music their spotify link is in the episode description follow us on x nate is at apples genos blake is at blake creamer ag i'm at just josh and four one please practice safe stats and happy streaming have a good one folks i'm sorry but the princess is in another castle (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>